The Crypto Corner with your host, Crypto Kid. It is a huge deal. There are tons of people working on this, from financial institutions to technology companies, startups, and universities. For the first time in human history, we have the key to unlock our door. When this baby hits 88 miles per hour, you're going to see some serious shit. I got a bunch of questions lined up, and I got a lightning round lined up, so... Uh, Strap in and uh, let's talk crypto. All right, let's do it, man. Let, let's rock and roll. Let's do it. All right, so I'm going to hit you with the first question. Um, in your opinion, how could blockchain technology be leveraged to empower poverty-stricken and unbanked areas of the world in a revolutionary kind of way? That is something that, that is part of, a, of an ongoing struggle. I shouldn't say struggle, but I should say an ongoing research because that's basically what it is. Uh, I know here in, in the area that I live, uh, they use blockchain technology to track uh, the homeless uh, and the ill. And, uh, you know, basics, the way, the way it works, it's nothing can be, can be uh, uh, altered once it's, it's already written. Uh, you know, social security numbers, um, benefit numbers, things like that are part of that blockchain technology. So I guess what I'm thinking, and this is very rudimentary, I'm thinking that that can be used in an impoverished uh, country as well. Basically, it's like the Red Cross, it's like, it's like Salvation Army, you know, entities like that that can use uh, the blockchain and numbers from, that, from the blockchain, from the people, uh, to make sure they can track what's, what's coming in, what's going to them, what, you know, and how they use it or how they not use it. Uh, kind of, that kind of tracks things. It's kind of, kind of weird. Um, but I'm thinking that's how it can actually be used in a revolutionary type of way. Well, it's not just your, not just the donations that they already have that are going to, to, to the people. It's also the, the donations they get in. They could be donated by the, the cryptocurrency itself, you know, depending on, on what it is. Because right now what's hot is Bitcoin, Ethereum, um, oh, uh, XRP and still Lumens and ah, I forgot what the other one is. There's a whole bunch, you know, that are, that are really worth something. And so you're, you're able to, to not just donate the BTC, but you're able to donate you know, whatever you have you know, available and whatever you want to share. So you can share that uh, with them. And it could be anonymous. That's the other great thing about it. You know, help, you know there's a, a donation uh, address. Send, send uh, the coin there, and then the coin from there can be converted into you know, real-world money if they need to do it fiat or if they can use a bit, you know, I say Bitcoin, but if they can use the, the, the cryptocurrency. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm really thinking that the way that, that the world is going, we are going more and more towards digital money, towards virtual money. Uh, as you can tell with the, with the plastic cards of the chip, with, uh, uh, you know, what we're doing now in crypto, um, you can tell that, that we're moving from the, the paper money and the coins, you know, the hard uh, or the real money. You know, we're going from there into, into the virtual money where we're able to move it around, you know, easily. Uh, and that's, I'm thinking that's that's what's going to happen with with uh, with everyone, and soon those people that are impoverished will have access to it. Of course, right now we're still limited to having you know a device that can store it, and then we can move it around. But you know, sooner or later, and I'm really thinking it's sooner. And I know it's it's down the line in the pipeline in, in the future here. I'm thinking maybe maybe anywhere from ten to twenty years, uh, everyone should be able to have access to 
some type of internet connected device because the you know the internet of of uh, of everything is coming. I agree. I think I think with uh, with Elon Musk working on things like getting internet to everywhere on the planet, I think that that essentially would enable anybody with a smart device to to be able to uh, transact in Bitcoin and and any other cryptocurrency out there. Um, I think on the I think on the topic of um, what you were talking about in your area where they where they manage transient and homeless population and communities with with blockchain technology. I hadn't heard about that. And I think that's genius. Um, I think that that right there is the way if they have a way to do that right now in America and and it's working. Um, I think that that kind of technology needs to be leveraged in anywhere in the world, honestly, that's, that has areas that are unbanked or impoverished communities. I think that that would be the baseline. I think that's where we need to go in terms of getting those people access to financial technology so that they can start to participate in the value that they create in their communities and online in the digital marketplace. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And and to go on with Elon Musk, you know that they are working on the cybernetic implant. That cybernetic implant should be able to also carry uh, your your blockchain technology. I mean, it's all part of it. I agree. I think yeah. I think I, if it's if it's Neuralink that you're talking about, um, that technology is is it's very few forward thinking. It's very you know. It's, uh, I think what he's trying to do is eliminate the bandwidth of time it takes between our thumbs and our, our brains to access that information. I think it's a, a good idea. I think if it's implemented properly, and like you said, by using an immutable blockchain to make sure that, you know, like Facebook and Twitter, there's not some kind of proprietary algorithms that are running what's going on inside of the human brain. I think if it's all open sourced, and I think if it's, um, you know, open for uh, criticism by the scientific and technological community. I think that that Neuralink would be a good way to go, honestly. And like, if, like you said, if you could base it off blockchain technology, that's some shit right yeah, there. That's definitely some shit. I mean, and it, it's it, like you said, it's immutable. So once it's it's written, once it's 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 executed, boom! It, it can't go. You can't go in there and change it. You can't go in there and jump the chain. I know we hear some of that, you know, going on in in our in our crypto space. But that's because the technology that we're using right now is flawed. So that's why you're able to to do some manipulations to it. But with this technology. And like I said, I'm thinking it's about 10, maybe 20 years, you know, still that we're, we're away from it. It's, it. It'll be where it's truly unmutable and truly decentralized. So on the topic, I know we're talking about payment mechanisms. You're talking about the plastic cards that they have. There's a couple of different companies. I know Coinbase has one overseas where they, they offer the ability to swipe your debit card and then whatever crypto you have synced to it, whether Bitcoin, Ethereum, Litecoin, you can spend it right on the spot. Um, but my personal opinion is that that point of sale payments in the future, in the next 10 to 20 years, all around the world, will have evolved into a norm. And that norm will be uh, near field communication payments, um, where the customer doesn't have to interact with the, with the point of sale at all. Um, I think that will be a thing of the past, swiping debit cards. I, think, I don't think cash will go away, and I don't think debit cards will go away, just like everybody said checks will disappear and checks are still there's a percentage used a pretty decent percentage that checks have of retail payments. But I believe that, that um, near field communication will be the future, but 
I want to ask, how many years do you think it will take for the United States retail sector to update to that? Because in China, you can just you load up your shopping cart, walk through the gate, bling, bling, hits your phone, you paid for your groceries, you're done. So how does the U.S. deploy that? I mean, we have things like Amazon where you can just, like the Amazon stores, you go in and fill up a shopping cart, walk out with it, and they charge you to your debit card. Like, how far are we away from that? I'm going to say that we're, it, once again, it, it's, it coincides with what I said previously. We're about 10, maybe 15, not, as, not 20, like what we just talked about. But we're still, we're still about 10, 10 years away from fully you know, doing NFC type of, of, of transactions. Uh, yeah, we see it right now in small scale with Starbucks. We see it in Amazon. We see it, um, you know, certain merchants that will do that, that will take it. But for it to really hit mainstream, it has to be more and more widely adopted. And it has to be done by a big chain, you know. Okay, we have we have Amazon, but everyone takes Amazon. It's okay. It's, it's an online type of store. You need to be, be able to have it brick and mortar, like, like uh, you know, we were talking about the Amazon brick and mortar stores. Okay, well, now we need something like Target or Target. <laughs> make fun of Target. We make fun of Target, calling it Target, but oh, Target everywhere, everywhere. But uh, or or Walmart being another one. Uh, your local grocery store, Winn Dixie, or here in Texas, it's H E B or uh, Albertsons or Kroger's. Um, uh, you know, you know. So it's it has to be used by those entities as well. They have to be adopted. They have to be adapted. So that way we can start seeing the, the movement in crypto. We can start seeing the movement in, in the, the e-assets. So, or I call them e-assets, but the, the, you know, our, our regular coins that we, we use, I'm, you know, to spin off on that, I believe Dodge is going to be like our, our, our dime pretty soon. Um, Ethereum's probably going to be our, our 50 cent piece or something like that. E each one of those, those coins that, that are out there that are real popular right now that everybody's using, that everybody is sought after are going to end up taking the place of our, of our current currency. It, it's, it's weird the way I'm, I'm thinking about this, but that's the way it's going to be adopted and, and adapted. Right, because so so much of, of retail happens online. There's such a large portion, billions and billions of dollars, right? And pretty soon, I believe that we will we'll come to a point where when you go to shop at a place, whether it's walmart.com or amazon.com or even eBay, um, I believe that when, you, when it comes to checkout time, the norm will be, yeah, you could pay with debit. Yeah, you could expose your information, your personal information, your address, all of that stuff. I mean, you do with shipping, but more information than that company needs to know, or you could, you could pay them with Monero, which is private. It's pretty damn quick and it could be done. I believe that the future holds, there'll be a little drop-down box where you just click the drop-down box. There's a list of cryptocurrencies. I mean, you have it with like mycryptocheckout.com and stuff like that. But right. I'm talking a norm that becomes adopted by all the, the mass merchants and retailers out there, online and offline, um, that becomes kind of that mesh, that basic point of sale technology, that framework for it to happen. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm right there with you. I, I believe that is, that's exactly what's going to happen. And like I said, it's, it's about 10 to 15 years out. Uh, I say that because here the last 10 years, things have really started to, to, to move forward uh, on, the, on the cryptocurrency side of things. So um, 
you know, first, you know, with, with, okay, all of a sudden we have debit cards. All of a sudden now you can use a pin. All of a sudden now it's a chip card. You know, so on and so forth, moving away from the, the milling of paper, you know, your, your, your checks and, you know, your paper money. So because of, of how fast that is moving, I'm still expecting it to move now even faster. So, yeah, it's, a, it's about 10 years away that we'll, we'll start seeing that. And it, it won't be so much as a drop-down menu. It'll be as a default. Boom, we're just going to take it out of here. If you want to change it, then you can change it. Other than that, it just comes straight out. Now, on the subject of keeping your own crypto in your own uh, non-custodial wallets and whatnot, do you think people are going to – is that the future? Do you think people really want to keep their coins online, like in an – in a live online wallet that's custodial and they maybe maybe they do have access to the private keys and whatnot but it's still if that technology closes or they they exit scam or they dip out bye bye to the funds right so so that i guess that leads into my question why do people still store copious amounts of crypto on exchanges is it is it because they want to be able to trade it at the drop of a dime or is it because a mass amount of people that are involved in crypto aren't properly educated on how to use non-custodial wallets and cold storage? I, to be honest with you, I, I think it's a combination of both. Uh, I, you know, a lot of us are still old school. Yeah, we got to keep money in the bank. So unfortunately, a lot of people are thinking the exchange is a bank. Why? Because, okay, I want to I trade my Monero for Bitcoin, or I want to trade my Monero for this other other coin that I'm, I'm, I you know, highly believe in. You know, I want to take some of this and invest it. They still look at it as an investment, not as a, as a uh, um, not as a speculative gamble for for a short term type of, of word. Uh, so they, they see it that, that way. Oh well, you know, right now if I trade oh and, and the other thing is is the trading, you know, okay, so I'm gonna get this coin right now at this price. I'm gonna buy so much of it. I'm gonna wait for it to to be in demand and you know people are buying it and it, we're we're gonna sell it off at a higher price boom and that's how they make the profit. So you know stocks as it is, you know, buy low, sell high. And so they're they're looking at that to make to make a little extra money, or you know, some people make a lot of money. Being honest, there. So that's why they keep it on the exchange. Then, but like you said, the exchange, and we've seen we've seen I don't know how many, but fifteen, twenty, just in in the past what two three years. Uh, yeah, I report on it at least two to four a month. You know, and that's that's not even cover that's not even covering all of them. I'm, I miss some. There's some that. I see them and I'm like, oh, another hack, but it's 50 million or 60 million. And I'm like, okay, that's big time. But then I see one and it's, you know, 300 million or 500 million. And okay, that's worth looking into and reporting on because something happened there or 51% attacks and stuff of that nature. Like security is still an issue and, and hackers and people taking advantage of the fact that cryptocurrency as a whole is still nascent technology, whether whether we'd like to think of it or not, it, 10 years, 11 years, it's not that long of, of, of time for a new financial system, you know? No, 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 not, not at all. It's still, it's still in, in its infancy. You know, if, if I was going to say, you know, what stage of infancy, I'm going to say it's, a to, it's, it's the pre-toddler right now. <laughs> right. Because it's still stumbling, it's still falling, but it gets up and it still falls and, you know. You name it. It, it. I believe it's in that stage right now. So yeah, there's still a lot of stuff going on. And yeah, there's companies out there that tell, oh, we're going to be your your security experts. We're going to secure your 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 site. We're going to secure your exchange. I'm sorry to say this, it's all bullshit. If it if it's created by man, it can be hacked by man. So uh, sorry. 
Right, right. Exactly. Well, it, case in point, just what happened with the Trezor wallets. Did you read about that? I saw some about it, but I didn't, I didn't get to read about it. Uh, yeah, so, yeah, so with that, uh, we reported on it last week or the week before, and it was it had to do with the, the microcontrollers, the, the chips that are used within the Trezor, um, essentially with uh, the, the team that went behind it and did it. They pretty much went in with $75 worth of, of hardware and a couple hours worth of time, and they just broke right into it and exposed private keys. Oh, damn. they were able to use brute force attacks on the it's like a I think it's a four to 12 digit pin, which a brute for a brute force attack can just just take care of that. No problem. So after they they did, I think they used like uh, some kind of a wattage manipulation or voltage manipulation. And essentially what they were able to pull the keys and they could. Yeah, it's bad news, essentially. Um, and I think it's all treasure and all ledger hardware wallets are affected by it but essentially what they're saying is you the current way to be secure with it is to use um i want to say there's like an actual passphrase function like the built-in passphrase function that a lot of people don't use they're saying to use that instead um but uh, i don't know i'm i'm i i prefer having like a dedicated computer that it, it's got the, the blockchains and, and respective hardware wallets, the QT wallets downloaded onto it. And I keep the blockchains up to date, but for the most part, those computers, they remain uh, air-gapped. They remain offline because I don't want those funds exposed or the, that computer itself at all exposed. I think that's a smart way to do it. And I, I don't know with a with a little hardware wallet like a Trezor or a Keep Key or something like that. I don't. It's a good solution, but like you said, if man made it, another man can hack into it and break it. Yeah, yeah, it, it it's true. I mean, I have a nano a nano uh, uh, ledger, and uh, I was I was using it there for a little bit, and then I started thinking, you know, this thing is not as secure as I'm thinking it is. So you know, I, I stopped using it and moved my, my funds over to a uh, actually I got it's called Data Locker Sentry. It is a uh, basically it is a secure uh, flash drive, and so I have my so I have my wallets backed up on that. And then to back up with the backup, I have what they call the Ellie Secret, and it's E L E Secret, uh, and that one uh, actually has a finger fingerprint on it. So so you have to have a fingerprint so you can unlock it or to even access it. So if so if if it if it uh, uh, you know if it ain't your fingerprint, it ain't opening. So uh, so I have my my backups just in case on there. But yeah, I've 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 seen where a friend of mine he was he, he has a tether. He plugged in his tether. He was there, you know, moving some some coin over, and all of a sudden, when he turned he turned he just turned around. He goes, "Oh shit!" I'm like, "Oh, what happened, bro?" He's like. Uh, somebody just stole like, like, uh, what was it like four or 5,000, uh, Dodge from him. And I'm like, dude, pull that thing out now before they get the rest of it. Oh, that's bad news. That is bad news. And he, he pulled it out and said, dude, when you get home, make sure you take your computer offline, back, back up that, that wallet, get your keys and then pull that money out of there. Uh, you know, save it somewhere else until we can, until, you know, you get a, uh, oh, and send an email to Tezzer and let them know what, what's going on. Um, don't know whatever happened to it because he, he ended up going to another team, but hey, it happens. 
See, and another thing that it, for listeners out there that I think is uh, something that that a lot of people don't know that they can do is like you said, you can just take any standard flash drive or any stand like an SD card and you can use your operating system to encrypt it with uh, whether, whatever kind of seed you want, however many words, however many phrases you want. I personally prefer to keep everything stored with a 12-word brain seed, which is something that's not stored on any kind of physical or digital means. It's the 12 words strung along that only I know the words and, and the order of the words. Exactly. Um, and I think that's uh, that's a way that that users can really just keep their crypto safe is get a flash drive or an SD card and use Windows, Linux, or Mac to encrypt it with a password that's extra, extra long and extra secure. And you can keep your paper wallet files on there and you can keep your backed up wallet dats on there and you can do the do your best not to expose that flash drive or SD card to a computer that is not either a online or might be dirty, not your own computer may have malware or some kind of virus. Um, I think that's another great way, a cheaper alternative means to going out and, and buying like a treasure or buying a ledger that we now know they can just fudge the, they can just fudge it. And I mean, it's, yeah, they can brute force it. And exactly. It. And if somebody wants to brute force your um, your flash drive or your uh, SD card, well, guess what? They need physical access to it. Yep. Yeah, and that's why I keep I keep my my wallet that that files on on those on those uh, 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 USB sticks. Um, they're they're I mean they're they're top grade. So I got lucky. <laughs> I bought I bought them when I bought them when. Nobody was really paying attention to to uh, to crypto and the stuff that was happening, and I bought them, and I bought them real cheap. They weren't that expensive. I think I think I paid like maybe a hundred dollars for each one. But hell, it w- it's worth it now. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, and and it has some and it has some other personal files of mine on there too. So yeah, it's great too. Same here. I use it for the exact same purpose. Yeah, it, it, it you know it's it's one of those things of medical files, things like that. Boom, they're in there. I don't have to worry about it uh, if I need it. Uh, okay, here it is. Plug it in. Here's my fingerprint. You got the information you need. Great. Oh, I'm, it's out. You can't have it, <laughs> man. But but going back to you know people uh, holding their 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 assets or or their their coins. In a centralized area, you know, we were talking about, you know, they walk out and it goes, you know, directly, it's going to be default. I have a feeling that there's going to be rules and regulations. We know that's coming. That's that's in the pipeline. What what I have a feeling is going to happen is not all the funds are going to be in there, as they shouldn't be anyway. You're, you're good. They're going to have some of those, you know, it's going to be, okay, this is the allocated budget. That's what I'm going to have on there. And if, you know, shit hits the fan, something happens, okay, I lost that and it's only that. I'm not going to lose, you know, the whole bulk of it. So I have a feeling there's going to be that that period too. That's going to be between maybe the 8th and the 15th year that it's it's going to be it's going to be going through that. Um, but I, that's what I'm thinking. And like I said, I could be way off. I can be, you know, totally out in left field or, you know, under the gun, I should say. <laughs> Right, right. No, you never do know because I mean, the, with the way that technology moves and the way that that 
Bitcoin and and all the other cryptocurrencies have moved in the last 11 years, it's been it's been a roller coaster ride. And I think we're only going up in terms of adoption and it being the standard and the new kind of norm of payments because it's it's I don't know an immutable blockchain is just so much more attractive in my opinion in my opinion as a as a consumer to me uh, than to go and spend my money at a company like you said Target where I go in and swipe my debit card and all of my damn information is now involved in a hack it well it wasn't but hypothetically speaking now all my information is involved in a hack and it's exposed and it's like that could have been that could have been prevented by using an immutable blockchain like Bitcoin where I could just have sent the money. And the only way that they could identify uh, if that money came from me is if they knew, if they took that public address that paid the funds and somehow could track it back to me. Like, you know, Bitcoin is public and a lot of people say, Oh, it's not private. I mean, but how many, how many people are really going to spend the time on like retail transactions to go back and like try to expose somebody's information based on a public wallet address. I don't think, I don't think there's incentive in that for hackers as much as there Mm -hmm. is to expose their credit card numbers, their first and last names, their home addresses, their phone numbers, like, like what happens in a hack and an exposure, like what happened with target, you know? Yeah. Uh, Target and experience the other one, uh, Home Depot. I mean, you name them and yeah, it, they have all your information. That's what, that's what makes it, that's what makes it so dangerous. And also remember a hacker really, if they can do it within a couple of minutes, they're happy. If it's going to take more than a couple of minutes, they're not going to mess with it unless there's a lot of money involved. And you know, then yeah, they, they may, do the little bit of the effort on it. But really, if it can be done real fast, boom, they're going to want to do it. If not, they move on to the next the next scam. No, I agree. I, I think that with, especially with a blockchain like Bitcoin that's got so much hash rate behind it, like good luck 51% attacking that and trying to roll back transactions. Yeah, have fun with that one, man. That one's going to take you. Yeah, good luck. Good luck trying to work that one over. Like the hash rate behind it that secures it is way more secure than whatever layers of security Walmart or Target has securing their customers' information. I can guarantee you that. Oh yeah, yeah. It, 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 talking talking about about Walmart. Walmart does use blockchain technology, but they only use it for inventory. Imagine if they would. Imagine if they would actually use it for for retail purposes. But of course, there once again, there's that gap. So. Yeah. See, I will hand it to Walmart because they are they are leveraging blockchain technology for the supply chain, which creates transparency and traceability for for consumers that want to see where their shit's coming from. You know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and I will get they're forward thinking. I'll give them that they're using virtual reality and all those technologies for training purposes and whatnot, which that's super forward thinking. And I'll give them props for that. Right. Um, so I think in terms of like like you said, the 15 to 20 years or maybe the 10 to 15 years we see before that major shift in, in retail payments, like the default. Mm-hmm. I think Walmart might be one of the first ones because they are a forward-thinking company. Yeah, I, I, I'm in agreement on that. Uh, you know, really evaluating it. Yeah, that that it, it's right there. I mean, you can tell that they're right on the cusp. Uh, and yeah, as it is, they're giving Amazon a run for their money. So it's, it's a, you know, it's a neck and neck type of, type of thing. I'm you know, and I'm for it. I'm for it because uh, you know competition, you know, kind of brings you know everything down for for everybody. So hey, yeah, let's do it. Right. 
So in your opinion, are cryptocurrency ATMs really a necessary uh, entity in this digital smart device driven age? Or are they just some kind of extra, you know, flashy, oh, you can get your Bitcoin and your Ethereum at an ATM. What do you think on that? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put it this way. It's like having a PC and a Mac. A PCA, everybody has it. Everybody can, can work with it. Great. The Mac, the Mac is like your, 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 you know, that souped up uh, sports car that, that, you know, that, that little, that little luxury. The cryptocurrency ATMs is like that. It's good. It's going to be for those type of people that want to, that like to do the flashy stuff. You know, hey, well, you know, I can go and get, you know, Bitcoin here, or I can, you know, trade some, some Bitcoin, you know, I can get some money out of here. Yeah, great. Is it necessary? No, it's like an extra fluff. So to me, it's a flashy thing. Uh, but that, hey, that's just me, though. Right. So you, here's the funny thing: is just a couple of weeks ago, I reported on a Bitcoin ATM that was broken into, and the and the cash that was inside of it was stolen. And what what really struck the the store owner as odd is that right next to that Bitcoin ATM was another standard ATM loaded to the T with with way more cash than what was in the Bitcoin ATM because, quoting him, it wasn't a popular Bitcoin ATM. So, like, if the Bitcoin ATMs are easy to hack, I mean, they they used a machete to pop the thing open. What what is that? What does that say about the security of those? I mean, yeah, you could go drop the cash in it, but that is a as a ATM operator that would turn me off. Like, if they're going for the Bitcoin ATM and there's a, a regular ATM, like. Where, what does that say about the security of those ATMs? Because there's so many different companies like General Bytes and all these different ATMs that offer those services. Do we, I, I don't know. It's like, do we really need to go there? Well, I don't think we need to go there. I mean, you have, yeah, as long as you have your, your, your bank card. And once again, there's, there's another piece to that. Once you have your bank card tied to like Coinbase or my crypto or, uh, you know, the so on and so forth of, you know, Abra's the other one and you know, all these different companies that they can do that. As long as it's, it's pinged to that or pegged to that, you're able to, to move your, your cash into crypto, crypto into cash. You don't need the, the, the ATM. Now, Here's the part here in the United States. You know, our major banks like Wells Fargo, uh, uh, Bank of America, Chase, uh, there's a couple other ones, oh, Frost Bank, um, you know, those banks, you know, don't like the crypto. So they've kind of made it hard for you to even tie your, your debit card or, or account to, to those type of other, you know, type of companies like, like Coinbase. So you got to go around it to try to get, you know, like Simples is, is one of the debit cards I use. Um, that you're able to, to put money on there, load it, and then be able to go from, you know, fiat to, to crypto and crypto to fiat. Or, and even PayPal. Even PayPal is a, a pain in the ass to try to, to try to peg to that. Why? Because they don't, they don't like it. It's competition. Yeah. It's a pain in the ass. So here in the states, it's a it's a little bit of a turnoff. So I can kind of see the 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 ATMs, the Bitcoin ATMs. Uh, but hey, talking about that, if you go uh, and use Coinstar, uh, whatever coins that that you want to trade, you can trade them into into Bitcoin, or and even they even take cash and you you get Bitcoin from it. So see, I have a Coinstar in my area, and I'm still waiting for them to update it so that I can do that. How long is it going to be before the the big retailers switch to their standards? Because those systems are so easily broken into and 
exposed and hackable. It's just, I don't get it. Yeah, I don't, I don't get it either. I mean, it's, it's one of those when like, really? And, and, and mind you, it's not just, you know, on the Bitcoin side, there's medical systems that use that old technology. And they're being held ransom. People are, you know, using that, that malware to hold them ransom and requesting large amounts of Bitcoins. We're talking state, state governments, like all sorts of stuff. Yeah, it's it's crazy, and and I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna you know give a little a little bit of a not of a secret because I think more more most astute people know, but there are technologies out there that we use every day. Uh, I'm not gonna say the names of the products, but they're they're storage devices that are using freaking Windows XP as their base software for controlling everything on on your storage, your arrays, your 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 arrays and stuff like that. Really? You're using that crap, that old ass crap, instead of using Linux? I mean, sorry, Linux is, yeah, it's more robust. It's easier to, to manipulate things with if you know what the hell you're doing, but most people don't. But Windows? Really? You're going to use Windows, the binaries? Man, that shit's easy to hack and break. Yeah, it's outrageous. It is. You know, Windows, you know Microsoft you know, pushes out an update, you know, update to Windows 10, you know, just recently, and it borked everything. You know, if, if they can do that, and that's that's the company itself that created the damn software. Imagine somebody out there with nefarious intent. Yeah, two of my Windows 10 computers just ran forced updates overnight. I love it. Yeah, I love it. Honestly. Yeah, you have your you you have your wallets there that are staking of whichever coin. You know, I I'm a coiner, so I have I have my my different wallets. Thankfully, I have them backed up, and thankfully, I have them you know, distributed it so it's not just on one freaking computer, but, you know, you get those updates that go in and your wallet's borked. And you're like, what? I just, no. Yeah. See, I, ha- I haven't had a borked wallet, but what I what I have had is computers that react very poorly to the updates. Oh, yeah. I had a computer just stop working. Like, it ran the update. And I was like, oh, cool, okay. So, and then today I was just surfing the web and looking at news, and out of nowhere, it just, it like, the the backlight for my monitor was on, but, and the computer was like putting out a blank input, just a dark screen out of nowhere. <laughs> and I'm like, well, this has never happened since I built it. And so I decided to just reset it. And Windows did some weird thing where it was like rolling back some of the updates. I'm like, imagine that. Uh, or, or my favorite one is the, is the secret updates. Have you, have you seen those yet? No, but I'm, I imagine my computer has probably run them on me. Man, those secret updates, I get a, those I get a kick out of. How do I know there's secret updates? Well, your your computer's working, you know, let's say it's, it's you know, 3 o'clock in the morning, all of a sudden, because uh, I stay up sometimes that late. Uh, and so I'm, I'm you know, working on researching something, and all of a sudden it's like, uh, you know, wait, I'm going to reboot. What do you mean you're going to reboot? There's no updates. I go in, I check, you know, the security center and the update center and all that. Nothing's showing, but it's going to go ahead and, and reboot on me because it's installing something. I'm like, what the yep. are you installing? Yeah. So then it, it reboots. It comes yep. back up and it says, please hold because Windows is updating. Yeah. Windows is, man, it's another one of those ones. Yeah. Keep your eye on them, especially when you're first installing Windows and running it and getting it going for the first time. You really got to be careful with what you let them access and what you, you know, you got to, yeah. you got to make sure you're not just giving up everything. You don't want to. See, I'm I'm the type I don't even like to report errors automatically to Windows when it it's like no 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 that's okay 
if I have a catastrophic problem, I might like manually report it to you guys or look it up on the internet, but I don't have problems with my computers like that. So yeah, no, I, no, I, and I have that disabled. I have uh, RDP disabled. Um, you know, I, I pretty much have it locked down and then I'm, I'm behind a firewall. So, you know, it's one of those where, where it makes you think is like, man, okay, we're so advanced and yet we have this issue and these are people that we don't know and yet we're trusting them with our information because everything's on that PC. And Mac is getting that way too. Uh, and even Linux, Linux with its, with its uh, um, oh, what is it called? With its resolving uh, aspect. You know, it has, it has to resolve for it to, to do the updates. You know, whatever update they're pushing, you're like, okay, this is Linux. We shouldn't have to update. Yep. So another question for you. Are you, are you more likely to just outright purchase a crypto that you like? Or are you the type of person that would rather contribute to the network and mine that crypto to obtain it? You know, when I first started, I liked doing the mining. But I slowly learned how, how detrimental it is to a system. It will kill it. It will end up burning it out. It, I burned out like four systems um, that I had to rebuild, and they were pretty powerful. So I kind of got turned off to that um, uh, with, with uh, except for one, I think it was TurtleCoin that I actually liked messing with and, and mining that. Um, I don't do it anymore, but I've gotten other coins where as long as it, it mints, the wallet stakes, you know, yeah, I'll go and buy, you know, a certain amount of coin, I'll put it in the wallet, and I'll let it stake. Uh, once I get my my initial investment back from from uh, the stakes, I pull pull that up. I don't go in and and sell it. I'm not one that likes to go out and oh well, I bought all this. Let me try to get my money back. And I'm like yeah yeah, I bought it. I'm helping them. I'm helping the network. Cool. I'll just go and I huddle it. So I got cryptos here and there, man, that I that I hold on to, and I hold on to them because okay, well maybe later on I'm in dire need. Yeah, because it happens. Okay, I can sell some of it. And I don't have to get, I don't have to not get rid, but I don't have to sell all of it so I can get, you know, enough back. Hey, this, this is a, a sought after coin. I can sell a little bit, get a little bit back and I can still, I can still be, you know, a, a you know, I call it, what is it called? A, a crypto, uh, crypto rat pack or pack rat. Crypto pack rat. Yep. That's the way to do it. That's the way to do it. There's a lot of low cap cryptocurrencies out there. I, I'm not going to go into them and name any of them, but there's a lot, there's a lot. Yeah, that um, I've I think would be a smart idea to diversify your crypto portfolio. So we got initiatives like the Education Blockchain Initiative, where essentially what they're doing is they're empowering institutional and kind of the job sector to be able to allow students to leverage their school records on the blockchain and kind of translate that into economic opportunities in the job sector. So question, what are other ways that blockchain technology could be used to better the education sector? Wow, that is a, that's another deep question. Thank, thank you for the juicy questions. I like them. Yeah. I'm liking this, man. This is great. It's making me think. I love it. Um, and, and, and I mean that seriously. I'm not being sarcastic, okay? <laughs> oh, totally. No, I, I'm loving the conversation. It's been great so far. Man, this is this is excellent. You know, uh, I'll, I'll use me as an example. You know, since I am a coiner, and I say coiner, dev, but, you know, so many terms out there. I am a crypto project manager. So 
what I was able to do is take Six Sigma, take, uh, you know, idle training, you know, the, the different trainings are out there for real business. I went ahead and took that and implemented it into the crypto space, meaning, okay, I have a project, Crypto Five Clubs, one that I talk about, Mint X is one that I'm starting up, and there's AstroCoin that, I, that I've been uh, uh, working on as well, and that one is, is already out, it's already, you know, starting up to pick up steam. Uh, and it's actually TR3B Astro, not, not AstroCoin, because there's an AstroCoin out there, but that's a defunct project. So I took the, the project management and, and the idle training, and I'm like, okay, what aspects of this can I apply to this project? How can I bring value to the project and make the project, you know, give off value? So part of the education initiative on, on that is, okay, the biggest thing is gathering your team, building the team. Okay, here's team building part of it. Now, what you know, what parts of 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 these certain people that that you you know talk to and you've built relationships? Building relationships is another one. Can you you know manage and and put together a team that's going to move your idea or even their idea or somebody else's idea as long as y'all are, are together and agree on it forward. So you start taking the aspect of okay, well we have this coin and we need to build and this is our budget. Okay, we know that if it takes too long, the budget's going to start suffering for it. So which one of these people can they invest? And that's the other thing, the aspect of it. What is their investment into the project too? You know, to get this done, to get, let's say, the coin made, wallets made, uh, the tip bot made, um, advertising, your marketer, you know, and so on and so forth, you know, and your mods because you've got to have your community mods. You know, are you going to do a full website, a robust, or are you just going to do an informational website and you put everybody on Discord or on Telegram or, you know, one of the, the uh, uh, PHP, you know, forums, you know, you know what avenue are you going to take? What platform are you going to take? Uh, and of course, there's, of course, your, your social media avenues with the Ethereum blockchain where you have the ERC20 uh, tokens that everybody's using to pay back and forth for posts and so on and so forth. Are you going to use that? So you start getting all that information together and you start building a, a fishbone uh, chart out of it. And out of there, okay, well, this piece can go here, this piece can go there, so on and so forth. So you're using your algebra, your mathematics for, of course, money. You're using the financial side. You're using the building relationships, and that's being customer-centric as well as being business-centric. Because, you know, you got to, you know, these people are your customers, and then you got the, the whole universe that's your customer. Uh, and so you got to know how to deal with that, how to deal with, with the ups and downs. So you're, you're looking at that. So now you're doing human resources as well, as well as the, the project itself, the, the development, the, the coding and all of that. So you're now looking at the coding aspect of it. What it boils down to is actually you using what you've learned, what you've attained in life and school, and putting it onto your crypto, uh, onto a crypto project, onto a project that you believe. It, that's how I think it's going to be leveraged. Right now, I know that there's a, a couple of guys out there that have been working on a LinkedIn, a crypto LinkedIn that's, that has to do only for crypto-centric people and their expertise. Well, that's, this is great. Don't get me wrong. This is great. Of course, why can't we just put it on LinkedIn uh, is, is one question I was, I was asked about it. The other, the other thing that, that comes up right now is how many of those guys are actual true programmers, actual true, true believers in crypto or are scammers? And that's the other thing. That's the other thing you gotta, you gotta weed out. And so, you know, that's, 
that's the part that I've been trying to figure out too, so I can help them out. <laughs> and, and once again, that goes to the part of the education. I mean, how much of it do you know? Uh, I, as you can tell, I, I can, I can talk, I can be the face of it. Uh, do I know how to program? Yeah, I know how to program some stuff. I know enough that I can be dangerous. Um, and I mean that because I can bork stuff up real easy. <laughs> if I can, if I, if I can wipe somebody's raid, trust me, I can, I can wipe out a, a wallet or, or, or anything easily. Uh, but you know, that's the, the aspect of it, of, of how you can leverage blockchain technology, the full aspect of, of the project. You can build education and certifications for our industry because this is an industry in itself. I, I mean, I kind of went all the way around it, but that's in a nutshell. Yeah, that's great. No, because there's, there's so many different facets and there's so many different areas within technology or sorry, within the education system that, that blockchain could be used. And I think that one of the best starting points would be to create an environment where students are able to take all of their economic achievements, everything from their, from when they were in kindergarten, all the way up through when they graduated college, all of those records and, and, all of those achievements and be able to use that and translate that directly into a solid place in the workforce and be able to use that to their own betterment and their own further education after that, if they want to pursue higher education, especially with this, with this new education blockchain initiative that they're exploring it. I think, I think with that, there's going to be some really interesting stuff coming in the next five to 10 years they're tokenizing grant payments. The federal government is now making it so that any student that gets their grant payment, it's done on a blockchain with secure tokens that are permission-based to where the, only the student and the federal government can access the records related to the grant payments. And so you're going to see this revolutionary shift of, I think, blockchain just really impacting this sector and other sectors like food traceability and sustainability and supply chains and just all sorts of different gray areas yes. where blockchain is going to be leveraged and really and really change the world in some interesting ways. That's where we're heading. I mean, uh, you know, medical records are even going into, into blockchain. Uh, I've seen some of the hospitals start, start doing it, start using it. I mean, and that's what, what was that? That was introduced back in, well, I'm not going to say back in, but that was what, 15, maybe 20 years ago that it was barely starting to get introduced. I mean, you remember seeing the commercials where, oh, well, you know, doctor so-and-so here in China is, is specialist and it's actually seeing my records and seeing my x-rays, seeing my, my, you know, my diagnosis, my prognosis, you know, you name it, you know, he's seeing everything that has to do with me. And then coming back and giving his, his opinion or her opinion of, you know, well, we need, we need to follow this regimen, do this, do that, and so on and so forth. That was just the commercial starting. it. I've actually seen that take place. So, you know, it's, and what, I, I saw that, I was still in, in nursing at that time, it was what, 15 years, and hell, it's been 15 years since I, I, I was last a nurse. I actually saw that technology in place. So imagine how it is now. So yeah, it's, it, it's, it's coming, it's been coming, it's been adapted slowly. Um, you know, it, it, it's a change of, of, of everything. Now with 5G coming out, that's a whole other can of worms that, that we're all gonna be uh, tied. I know uh, there's a project that, that I'm affiliated with, it's called BiFi uh, Network. Right now, what, what we're working on is trying to get, you know, we've seen them out there, the mobile hotspots all over the place. But 
The mobile hotspot, this one, you know, 5G, and you pay for it with a cryptocurrency or any cryptocurrency. Uh, so that way you have access to it, as well as the SIM cards. We're looking at that and, you know, through the phone, through an app. So that way you can pay, you know, right there and then. Uh, that that's one of the, the one of the other things that that I've been I've been looking into. Everyone's mind is starting to wake up and go. Wait a minute. We've been doing this this way for so long. There is another way if we adapt the blockchain technology to it. Everything is, you know, it's it's not mutable. So we know this this is exactly what it is. You know, you're it's not going to be changed. It's not going to be jump back, jump forward, redone or anything. It's that's how it is. It's always going to stay that way. That's a great permanent record. It is the wave of the future. I know there's still a lot of non-believers out there, but you know, if you really step back, take a look, take a look at the whole picture, you can see that that change is coming, and it's, it has been coming for the longest time. We say we wrap it up with a lightning round. I got 10 things for you. We're going to go either or. The last one is going to be a curveball. So just get ready. Let's do it. Strap in and let's go ahead and, and get her done. First one, privacy-based coins, Monero or Dash? Monero. Ethereum or Tron? Ooh, that's a good one. You know what? I'm, I'm, I'm in the middle with that. Whichever one works better, but for the purpose of this lightning round, Ethereum. On the topic of exchanges, Coinbase or Binance.us? Coinbase. Steam it? Or publish zero X. Oh, I use Steam it, so I'm gonna say Steam it. Shapeshift or Changely. Ooh, that's a good one. Damn, I like both of them. <laughs> um, Shapeshift. Proof of work or proof of stake. Proof of stake. Coin market cap or Coin Gecko. Since it's been a bitch to try to get on on Coin market cap, I'm gonna say Coin Gecko. Strong community or high daily volume. Strong community. The community is going to make or break that coin. Apple or Android? Ooh. Uh, I love the, the capabilities of Android and how you're able to manipulate it and change it and adapt it. Uh, Android, buddy. Android. This is the curveball. On the subject of cooking, chicken or pork? Ugh. Uh, I'm not crazy about pork, so I'm going to go chicken. All right. Perfect. There we have it, folks. That's the lightning round. <laughs> so if you got anything that you want to plug for the community of listeners, go ahead and, and take the floor for a minute, man, and, and speak on what you got going on. I got to say thank you for having me on the show, man. This has been awesome, great, and the conversation is so stimulating. Oh, my God. It's just mm, – it was fun. It was fun. But guys, I do have you know, a whole bunch of stuff going on. I have Crypto Fight Club right now with our representative uh, e-asset called Glovecoin. Guys, uh, we've been working on some some new tiers uh, so that way we can uh, start raining other other types. Of, well, I shouldn't say other types of coins, but raining the, the sought after coins. Uh, it is going to be a, a paid for service, but right now we're still you know trying to get the tiers down, trying to make sure that that everything is working flawlessly for for everyone. But yeah, you pretty much uh, go in, you verify, uh, then 
one of the mods or myself or, or the dev, you know, my dev, will go in and we'll uh, uh, verify you. You'll make sure payment comes in okay. And then we'll give you access uh, to it for, uh, you know, I don't know if it's going to go monthly or if it's going to go, you know, one-time payment. I'm, I'm not sure as of yet. Uh, but, yeah, we're going to have something like that. So that way you're getting, you know, uh, Bitcoin, you're getting Ethereum, you're getting uh, Dodge, you're getting – or doggy <laughs> i always i don't know why i call it dodge but i do uh but doggy and uh you know some maybe tron maybe some some uh uh bat or you know still lumens uh, you know I, I don't know as of yet what we're gonna what we're gonna offer but uh we're we're trying to you know we're looking around we may end up making a bot or we may end up uh, utilizing a discord bot called tip uh tip.cc i believe it's what it's called um I don't know as of yet, but that's, you know, down the line there. Right now, you can still join. Uh, we still rain glove, uh, DRV, or Dravite, um, as well as Rock and Rain and, and uh, Empower and some other coins that, that I'm affiliated with, uh, CSM, which is Consortium. And, by the way, Consortium also uh, helps out uh, kids with cancer. So, you know, look into that project. It's it's a fairly cool project, and is it is out of Venezuela. So I, I know it's kind of one of those shaky countries, but... Uh, uh, they are trying to make a difference, and it's something that that I'm I'm looking at, and I'm trying to to advocate for. And of course, you know, um, if you've been around the space and you've been around in, in my server, uh, and then in any server that I'm in, you're able to to see that Glovecoin is actually paired on the Fiber Chain uh, or Fiber Change, uh, which is the Fiber Coin Exchange. Well, it's it's now paired. It's a pair, so you're you're not just getting the your your standard pairs with uh, FPC, uh, Litecoin, uh, Doggy, um, uh, and Ethereum. And I think it's just Litecoin and Doggy that's in there as well. Uh, but it's now Glove. Glove is in there as well. So it's it's paired, and you're able to trade. Um, you know whatever the ex that exchange has that you can you can trade. I know they have Get. I know they have POS, Rock and Rain. They have. Um, uh, BTG and you know they have they have a, a good array of, of different coins that you can uh, uh, trade for and trade against and you know hey you can you can have fun if you get a chance go in there and if you're a coiner um, they have uh, you know 2,000 uh, FBC you're able to list and you get your foot in the door into an exchange so uh, just talk to Dinar he is the the dev for the fiber chain and you know you can get in it's, it's pretty cool um, I did it and uh, I haven't regretted it and. And I'm glad I haven't regretted it. <laughs> there's been there's been exchanges that I've gotten into and have scammed out and all that. Actually, I talk to this dude every day, so uh, yeah, I'm gonna be well aware of anything like that's trying to happen. I will warn everybody. So, um, yeah, check it out. Oh, <laughs> uh, what else? Um, I do have Astro. Uh, I call it Astrocoin, but it is uh, TR3B Astro, which is the um, what they call the triangle UFO. I went ahead and I, I uh, uh, got a coin created that represents that. And what we do is, uh, you know, eyewitness accounts, things like that. I will pay some Astro to you uh, for those accounts. Of course, if you have video accounts and, and things like that, um, you know, submit them, you know, let, let me know. I'll put them on Prime Style Limited, which is the main, the main, uh, 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 company publishing company my publishing company we'll put it on there and you're able to uh you know not just see the see the youtube video but uh you'll also be able to blog and once again i pay you for it so i pay you an astro coin so it's a it's a cool little thing and the astro coin is one of those uh, pos and astronaut type of of coins so you know it's 
right now we only have one exchange, and I believe that exchange is uh, Northern Exchange, which <laughs> at first I had to complain about them. I have to admit I'm actually kind of uh, impressed because they use a a cold wallet. So they, they have your, your, your e-asset that you send in. Uh, it is then, you know, put into the into the exchange itself, but the the asset itself is held in cold storage. So whatever you're trading is is uh, you know you're trading that, and then it's from the cold storage that they take and they move it back and forth, as well as withdrawing. You get to withdraw some type of things, and there's it's it's a quirky exchange, but uh, it's actually gaining popularity because of that that uh, feature of it. So um, so hey, there's a plug for Northern Exchange. Um, and uh, Fiber Change and Crypto Fight Club, Lovecoin and uh, TR3B Astra, AstraCoin. Uh, and then there's Mentex that I'm working on. And that one, I'm still I'm still taking my time with that one. That one is still in, in development phase. But that coin, uh, it, it's a fork off of Mentos. Mentos has an overabundance of coin. And it is a, a uh, inflation type of coin right now uh, that I went ahead and announced, you know, we, we killed that off. We do have another coin. Uh, I'm thinking about doing something where, you know, you show that you've, you've held uh, Mentos, you're going to get 333 coins. Uh, it doesn't matter how much coin of Mentos you have. Uh, we're not, we're not going to play that game because I've done swaps before, man. It, it became, well, he got more than I did and I have more and it, it became that type of mess. We're not messing with that. It's a flat rate. You show that you've had some, that you had, that you have it in your wallet uh, and, you know, you'll get that coin and, you know, so on and so forth. But right now it's still in development, uh, but I will make it a, a, a full announcement about it once it's ready. And um, yeah, it's it's going to be used for that type of, of purpose. It's consolidating those highly uh, inflationary coins. You know, in you know, we, we could talk about those. 909 is one of them. Um, Rock and Rain's another one of those. POS is another one. Get's another one. Uh, I mean, they're so many of them. They're great coins and great concepts, but you know they can become inflationary. And when that happens, okay, the the demand for it goes down, so then the value goes down. So yeah, it's it's one of those things. But hey, I've yacked like crazy. I appreciate you coming on, man. It's been it's been a great conversation. I've really enjoyed it and um hope we can do it again soon, man, because yeah, definitely. I'm, I'm open. Just let me know. I will allocate some time so that way we can have a good conversation, you know, and I have a quiet space. So that way there's uh, no extra noises or anything on, on the microphone, man. Right on, man. I appreciate it. Well, Hey, you be well, we'll talk to you soon. All right. You as well. And uh, take care out there. Keep your eye on the sky because there's stuff happening up there. And I, I want to know about it. All right, everybody, that's it for today's episode. Thank you for stopping by, and I hope you have a great weekend. The Crypto Corner with your host, Crypto Kid. It is a huge deal. There are tons of people working on this, from financial institutions to technology companies, startups, and universities. For the first time in human history, we have the key to unlock our door. When this baby hits 88 miles per hour, you're going to see some serious shit. BTC is currently trading at roughly $5,350. BCH is currently trading at roughly $170. ETH is currently trading at roughly $127. L 
XTC is currently trading at roughly $35. XMR is currently trading at roughly $38. ONT is currently trading at roughly $0.33. Cents. ZRX is currently trading at roughly $0.16. Cents. XRP is currently trading at roughly $0.15. Cents. BAT is currently trading at roughly $0.12. Cents. XLM is currently trading at roughly $0.03. Cents. Produced on location at Chicken Valve Studio. Studio. Studio.